I like to cook, and the one thing I've come to learn is that the best way to improve the flavor of any dish is to make sure you're using high-quality ingredients, which is why I love using ButcherBox to get all my meat, poultry, and fish products. They are far and away the best option out there, so if you haven't yet ordered from them, I highly encourage you to give them a try today. Not only do they give you tons of options, you can get any cut you want, and it's always top of the line, but... It's also way more convenient than going to the butcher or grocery store. They always provide free delivery right to your door. They have awesome ribeyes, strip steaks, and steak tips that have all the right marbling. Chicken wings, breasts, and thighs full of flavor, and their fish is all wild caught with no additives. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs. Two pounds of ground beef or one pound of those premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash scarymysteries and use code scarymysteries to choose your free offer and get $20 off. So one more time, because this is key, new users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code SCARYMYSTERIES and get $20 off your first box. No matter how far you run from them, childhood tragedies have a way of catching back up with you. So is true of elite scuba diver Veronica West, who is about to encounter something unexplainable at the bottom of the ocean, something that will draw her back to her home on Sinclair Island, Maine. There, she'll lead a dangerous rescue mission to the bottom of the Bay of Fundy, home of the world's largest tides, and something horrific down in the depths. Listen to Narcosis, the latest horror fiction show on Realm's premier horror channel, Undertow. Narcosis is available now. Search for Undertow or Narcosis wherever podcasts are served. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Scary Mysteries podcast. If you guys are fans of true crime, then you have to go check out our brand new, completely separate podcast called Every Town, where we dive into some insane stories from all around the country. Most of those true crime tales you probably haven't heard of, and we go in depth on them, so check it out when you have a chance. It has 80 reviews so far that are all five stars, except for one, which is three stars, but hey, you can't please everyone. Please subscribe and leave a review to help us get that rolling. And now, on to this episode. Five Scary Police UFO Encounters UFO sightings happen more often than reported. Some are afraid to say anything for fear of ridicule, but when the account comes from police officers or people with a trained background, they're harder to disbelieve. These are five scary police UFO encounters. Number five, Brazoria County Incident. It happened on the back roads of Brazoria County in Houston, Texas. Deputy Sheriff Bob Good, along with Chief Deputy Billy McCoy, were driving in their patrol car on September 3rd, 1965. It was around 11 p.m., As they drove, they noticed blue and purple lights just up on the horizon. The more they approached it, the lights seemed to grow larger and more intense until before they knew it, it was filling their squad car. 
They started hollering and yelling at each other, trying to get out from under it, of what they perceived to be a large craft the size of a football field. Bob, who was driving that night, had no other option, so he pushed on the gas and drove the patrol car as fast as he could. As they took off, McCoy could see the craft move and go back to a slower speed compared to how it was racing towards them. Once it reached close to the Bernard River, it shot straight up into the air and disappeared, as he put it. McCoy believed what he saw was absolutely real. Later, he even said in the same interview, he believes what he saw that night was not from this earth. Both men were asked to describe and depict the object they saw, and both created a nearly identical design. Even though the event happened more than 50 years ago, the fact these two men were well-respected citizens has given people room for pause and ask whether they might be telling the truth after all. Billy McCoy passed away in 2014 at 86 years old, while Bob Good was already in his 50s when the two had their strange UFO experience. Whether it was real or not, or just a hoax the two decided to pull, there's no way for us to ever know. But for those that knew them, they said there was no chance that the two of them had made that story up. Number 4. St. Clair Sighting It was 4.10 a.m. on January 5th of 2000 when a local citizen from St. Clair, Illinois walked into the police station and requested an officer to go outside to see something strange in the sky. Apparently, the person saw a bizarre object on his way to work and refused to leave the station until an officer saw the object with him. Officer Ed Barton was among those who had heard the radio alert, and so he looked towards the southeast. That's when he saw two extremely bright lights on the horizon. These lights were so radiant, it reminded him of the symbol on the Japanese battle flag, the rising sun. As he was looking, the two bright lights appeared to clash into each other to form one single light. Officer Barton started driving towards the southeast, trying to approach or get close to the object. He turned on his flashers and was driving fast in his vehicle, at times around 75 miles per hour. Shortly after, he realized that the object was actually heading towards where he was. So he stopped his car, turned off the overhead flashers, and rolled the passenger side window of his vehicle down. The object flew above his car at an estimated altitude of 1,000 to 1,500 feet. He could see it was headed west or northwest and had a distinct triangular shape with three white lights on each of its tips. There was also a range of different colored lights, like white, red, and pinks, all around it. As it passed overhead, Barton noted it turned left without banking, then accelerated, covering about eight miles in just a couple seconds. The officer reported to dispatch what he had saw and the general direction the object was headed. He also advised other officers that what the man was talking about was in fact real so that they could keep a lookout for it as well. Several other officers did in fact see that object that night. One officer was from Shiloh, Illinois. Two others also saw it but refused to come forward. One officer from Millstat also spoke about seeing the object. Officer Craig Stevens described it as being huge, one or two stories tall with bright lights all over it. Although Officer Stevens snapped a photo, 
The low temperature outside caused the film to develop in poor resolution. This object continued to move west to Dupo, Illinois, then Cahokia, and St. Louis. At least one officer from Dupo reported seeing the UFO that night. In the end, at least several police agencies and more witnesses said that they had seen that mysterious craft in the skies. There are several curious things about the incident. The nearby Scott Air Force Base was nearby, just a few miles away from the sightings, but they said that their base radar was turned off at the same time the object was seen. Their tower was also closed for about an hour during that time, and what's more, their personnel denied seeing the craft at all. There were unconfirmed reports that fighter jets were scrambled from a nearby field at 4.20 a.m. to get a closer look, but no further info was ever released. Some of the witnesses, however, reported receiving visits from two or more active employees from the federal government, and they asked those who saw the craft to minimize their reports to the press. Until now, no one is sure what the object was in the skies that evening. Many believe it wasn't from this world, while skeptics propose it could be a black government project instead. Number 3. Manuel Amparano On May 13, 1978, one police officer from Kerman, California would experience an event he would never forget. At the time, the officer was working as a Kerman police officer. It was the early morning patrol with nothing complicated going on. It was just simply routine. Manuel Amparano moved past Kernan High School and along Del Norte and California Avenues, and that's when he saw it. He described it as a circular type thing, similar to a round fireball or a setting sun, about 100 to 150 feet off the ground. Thinking teenagers were setting fire to palm trees, he thought he finally caught them red-handed. However, he soon realized there were no palm trees in the area. He was watching the light for four minutes and was about to turn on his car spotlight to get a better look when a flash of blue light streaked right before his eyes. At the same time, the object made a sharp turn before moving southwest at blinding speed. The officer remained in his vehicle the whole time as he watched. He didn't hear anything aside from his car engine. Soon after the UFO disappeared, the officer felt a tingling sensation on his face and skin. He thought it was just the result of the cold night, but afterward, he headed back to the station and that's when the other police officers commented he looked like he had a sunburn. By 5 p.m. that night, Amparano wasn't feeling well and had to visit the hospital. While there, the doctor said he needed treatment for second and third degree burns all around his face, neck, and arms. The doctor who examined him said his burns likely came from some form of high-intensity fluorescent pipe light or a gamma ray. It turns out it wasn't just the officer that saw the strange reddish ball close to the ground that night. One woman, Lisa Harrison, reported hearing a strange whirring noise before her house began to vibrate. She headed to the front door and saw lights moving at the treetop level. Then there was also Phil Mailer, whom Officer Amparano had bumped into while heading back to the station. He too reported seeing a reddish ball in the sky. 
Someone also called the fire department that night, reporting they could see a fire where the officer had seen that UFO. After the incident, Amparano was ordered by his police chief not to talk about it, especially to reporters since he didn't want any undue attention to the Bureau. But an internal memorandum was circulated acknowledging the officer's sighting in Burns. It also mentioned another officer having a similar sighting of a UFO, but it's unclear from that memo whether what they had seen was the same strange object in the sky that night. Number 2. UFO Event in Macon, Georgia In the early morning of August 31, 1973, police in Cordell, South Georgia, sent out an ominous radio broadcast to cops 60 miles away in Macon saying one thing, be on the lookout. It seemed something was headed their way. Later that afternoon, the true reason for the radio call was revealed. Apparently, this 2.25 a.m. alert was issued to warn officers that a UFO was heading toward Macon. And indeed, Macon County citizens would see a unique spectacle that evening. Several witness accounts report sightings of an unusual craft with multicolored lights over various areas of Macon. These sightings were reported not just by ordinary citizens, but by firefighters and police officers who saw it as well. There were other sightings around the country that night, and they stretched from Albany all the way to Atlanta. In Macon County, two police officers, Officer Robert Barrett and Officer H.E. Hathaway, were inside their squad car on patrol close to Central High School when they heard the radio alert about UFOs in the area. They continued to cruise, and Officer Hathaway glanced up at the sky and then said, Mike, there is one of those things. The two continued to watch the object for several minutes and also heard a call confirming that other officers had seen the UFO. According to them, they couldn't accurately judge how high it was, but it looked like it was just below the stars. It was bigger than a basketball, maybe the size of a car as they put it, and that four of the lights were shaped like a perfect diamond while three of the lights formed a tail. It wasn't just the officers who saw it. There were also firefighters from the fire department unit riding out that night, and they witnessed the same spectacle. Other sightings in Georgia that year were also noted. A farmer had fired three to four shots at a gold-lighted flying object while it drifted towards his house and before it vanished into the ground. This happened in September of 1973, Then in October, reports came in of a strange light that was larger than any star moving in the sky. The year 1973 was an unusual year for UFO sightings, not just in Macon, but also across the world. In fact, ufologists recorded there was a UFO wave that occurred that year lasting several months from August until late December. Sightings of flying objects and humanoid creatures were reported during these times, including one of the most prominent UFO cases that year, the well-known Pascagoula abduction. Number 1. Lonnie Zamora In Socorro, New Mexico, police officer Lonnie Zamora began chasing a young teen who was driving and speeding through town on April 24th of 1964. The officer chased the teen through the desert, and while there, 
he suddenly heard what sounded like an explosion. His first thought was that it had come from the dynamite storage shack, so he abandoned the chase and he turned towards the Perlet Mine. He drove about two miles and reached what looked like a little area on the side of the road. He glanced out his car window on the left and saw a white object on the ground. Thinking it was an overturned car, he went out to investigate in case someone might have been hurt. Once he got closer, though, he saw two beings that looked like they were in white overalls and he could not identify them as humans. The beings appeared to jump, probably alarmed that the officer had noticed them. After seeing what they did, Zamora radioed the details of the scene. While he was looking things over, he suddenly heard a loud roar and saw a bluish flame come out from under the object. He fell to the ground trying to protect himself because he thought there might be an explosion. Afterward, he realized that it wasn't a car, but an egg-shaped object that started to lift off the ground. Its protruding legs disappeared as it lifted off, and he watched it head southeast in a straight line for about 10 to 15 miles. Just before it completely disappeared in the sky, another police officer, State Police Sergeant Sam Chavez, arrived on the scene. The following day, investigators from the Army and FBI investigated the site where the unusual craft was seen. The report noted there were burn patterns on the ground where the craft had lifted off from. On the official FBI report, it noted Lonnie Zamora was a sober, conscientious, an industrious officer who witnessed something that day, but what he saw, they were never able to identify. Several other officers and independent witnesses also confirmed the sighting, relaying a similar shape to what Officer Zamora had seen that day. Lonnie's case remains one of the most compelling UFO sightings by a police officer to date, and anybody that knows him swears that he was telling the truth. So there were five scary police UFO encounters. While there's still no absolute proof these sightings happened or not, having reliable witnesses certainly adds to the credibility of these stories. If you like this video, then hit the notification bell and subscribe to our channel. We have new videos coming out every week on Wednesdays and Saturdays that we know you'll want to check out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you soon.